Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 413. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today, as always, I have my co-host, John White, in the room, Wednesday, November 29th, 2017. How you going, John? Doing great, doing great. Made the uh, drive up from Orange County after the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, I-5 northbound, also sweet and smooth and repaved. Oh, my goodness. How was traffic? Oh, the traffic was not great. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, but it was smooth. Yeah. It, right. It's so much better when you're driving and you're not, you know, imagining the, uh, the, the repairs to your car that you're going to need to do. In the, in the studio today, we have John and Corey. Corey, you're in the office instead of on the beam. It's I nice am. to have you in the room. Yes, it is. I, I actually really like this, this new audio. All right. And now I have been told that the live stream on Facebook is on. So, you know, hi out there. And the 4,000 people Everybody. that managed to watch the stream last, last time, we had the stream up. So great there. On the show today, we have Kyle Ruddy. Uh, Kyle is going to be talking to us about the new release of PowerCLI, uh, 6.5.4, I think if I got that right. So Kyle is on the call. But before we get to Kyle, I think we should just do a news roundtable. Sorry, I missed that. There you go. Okay, so you never know what you're going to get on talk show and a chat. Right? Um, it's that time of year when we get into the holiday season. We usually get people to dial in from all over the place. So yeah, we do. It's it's a good thing. Uh, anyway, before we get on to that, do, does anybody have any news? We got done with Thanksgiving. Um, I've been continuing to set up my my home lab, and uh, you know, have still have problems with my my vSAN install. But I don't have any corporate news from, from that. So I'm, I don't know yeah. if anybody else does. Uh, I have just a small update for the V experts. I sent a, uh, a mail this morning. It's just a it's just an update for the 2018 program. Uh, we will open applications in December, so um, look out for that email. That's coming out. We're uh, currently working on our VExpert site, and we're almost ready for beta testing. Okay, good, good. Well, um, I want to say that we actually had a, a medium-sized announcement on uh, Monday or Tuesday at AWS reInvent. We announced Milestone 2 for VMware Cloud on AWS. So that incorporated a couple things like opening the Virginia uh, area, um, mm. also uh, uh, VMware site uh, recovery, so that's a site recovery as a service into the uh, VMware cloud on AWS. And uh, in addition, some other things like some previews of uh, Direct Connect and uh, live emotion to uh, VMware cloud on AWS. So pretty exciting. Um, there's a release notes document. Uh, it's long. It, there's a lot of new stuff. It's, it's kind of shocking, actually, because you know it seems like just a, you know, a couple weeks ago that we announced the general availability of the service, and they... They warned us at the time, you know, hey, there's going to be a lot of iteration on this thing. Uh, it's going to come fast and furious. And so here, they're moving really quick. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, I got to say, you can't really keep track of all the cloud stuff that's that's happening all over the place. We had the Microsoft, you know, vSphere on Azure done by a partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's happening. Uh, Graham mentions it, and vSphere Azure isn't supported, apparently. I don't know if it's supported by us, but I don't no, know. No, it's you know, not. I think it's supported by Microsoft and by a third-party partner of ours, right? And so, really, this is the question I've, I've had with the cloud and the and the cloud service and the cloud.vmware.com services is 
when do you use us versus when do you go to a partner, when, when do you go to Azure directly, when do you go to AWS directly, and how are all these services going to play out, right? Because really, I could go set up my cloud, install vSphere on it, and, and run it, right? right. And, Absolutely. And, and that's what they're saying you can do over at, at Amazon. I mean, at, at Azure now, Microsoft is, yeah, we're going to support vSphere on this platform. I don't think Amazon actually supports vSphere independently, right? So... That's the question that uh, I'm, I'm always curious to see is like, when do people just go run vSphere on Amazon right. versus when do I buy it from VMware as a cloud service or when do I put it into my enterprise deal? So all that's got to you know, play itself out. Yeah, so we actually have had a, a cloud service provider program for a number of years. So this is something that uh, companies have been able to do. You know, if you're a customer, a vSphere customer, um, you can actually you know, purchase a... Um, uh, per month or per week or however it is you work out the pricing um, with a cloud service provider, um, rental of those licenses on their hardware in their colo, you know, or if they're renting colo from somebody. So, you know, that, that's not a new thing. Now, you know, theoretically, I suppose it would be possible for one of those service providers to actually rent their colo space and their metal from Azure, um, in which case, it would just be part of the service provider program. I, you know, we, Ajay Patel, you know, had a statement said, you know, released a statement. He's the uh, VP or EVP of senior VP of a uh, uh, cloud flat platform, um, and uh, or so sorry, cloud services. And and he actually said, hey, you know, this isn't a supported configuration. Of course, you know, they haven't actually said anything about it. So right. you know, it's it's not live. They, they haven't given any details. I think they were supposed to have something this week, but then they push it back to the 13th. So there's, there's no details on it. We don't know anything about it. But right. All right. Well, it's going to be a dynamic space. And uh, as uh, I think Nick King said, who runs the marketing for cloud, it's like, yeah, we're, we're just, you know, we're going to be updating every month, right? The, yeah. the idea of having VCR come out, you know, once a, once every 18 months yeah. is, is not with the way we're going to do it in cloud world. And nope. you can just see partnerships and functionality and announcements and bundling and all the stuff just Moving at pretty fast, fast pace, but very fast pace. Which you know is what Amazon and all the cloud vendors have been doing, which mm-hmm. is why you know, everyone has to get into that space. So. It's forcing us to evolve, and that's a really good thing, I think. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. All right, moving on. Any other news before we get to Kyle? Going once. Anybody in the community want to pitch in? VSphere patch on Tuesday. Chat? Please no. Nope, that's not what we want to talk about. <laughs> that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Yeah. Uh, we got we got a question: the color of the bay. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually really, uh, really sunny. Um, and so there's a lot of reflections off the bay. So I'm sorry I didn't do the report because it was a little bit windy, too. So there's a lot of chops. It was just you know, kind of a dark blue. And, and you know, we have had rain and we have snow up on in the Sierras. And I, I, I watched some guys snowboarding. Uh, I think Alan Renew, uh was up snowboarding was last early? weekend. Yeah, over the, nice. over the holiday. So they, there is skiing and snowboarding up there. I just I want someone to bring us a, you know, a ski report. <laughs> Yeah, more ski report. All right. All right. Moving on. Kyle, welcome to the show. I think you haven't been on the show since um, February of last year. So welcome back. Yeah, thank you. It's It's been a little bit. Thank yeah. you for having yeah. me. So, yeah. So just uh, maybe you should give a one-minute pitch of uh, who you are and uh, what do you do at VMware, and then we'll get into PowerCLI. Sure. So I am in the technical marketing group. I am technically, by title, a senior technical marketing engineer, and I do that for the CPBU, or Cloud Platform Business Unit. 
And what that really entails is I create content uh, and, you know, speak to people about things that are, that are kind of revolving around the vSphere product line. And my focus point is around automation, which brings me to what we're talking about today, which is going to be Power CLI. Uh, outside of that, I also do some things with the APIs and, and SDKs as well. Uh, so, you know, pretty much if it, if it concerns automation and vSphere, I'm there. Great, and uh, I think the reason you know we we brought you on the show today is because there is a new release six point five point four right of Power CLI. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. We've been uh, you know coming rapid fire here on on some of our releases. So I, I think the last time I was here, we were probably talking about six five R one, and since then we're we're now at our uh, let's see that's four releases ago, you know in just a year. Well, a year and a couple months, but yeah. I remember that call. I mean, we, I think we, we talked about some of the new features, removal of snap-ins, um, let's see, X-Center vMotion, expanded vSAN module, brand new Horizon view module. So you guys have been uh, continually busy working, and I think at the time we said, well, we'll bring you back again when you're going to do a new release and talk about some of the new stuff that you've been working on. So maybe you should uh, spend a little bit of time talking about how is the market accepted you know, the 6.5 release, uh, do you see a lot of acceptance out there? And then as we talk through that, maybe you can take us through what's new. Yeah, so, you know, since the last time was I was on, one of the biggest changes, you know, since since the last time I was here, we, we talked, we had just updated, gotten rid of all the snap-ins, so we were completely module-based. So that allowed us to, to have some freedom to do things in the future that actually happened uh, back in April for 6.5.1, where we changed the installation method. So we moved from having an MSI that was out there on the my.vmware.com site, and we transitioned completely over to the PowerShell gallery. So instead of having to go in, log in, download, uh, uninstall, install, and then run an, uh, an initialization script, you now just go directly to your PowerShell session, type in install VMware or install module vmware.powercli, and it'll download everything that you need to run PowerCLI in your system, and you're up and running. So, you know, we've, we've taken it from, you know, a dozen or so steps down to two. Uh, so it's pretty fantastic in that area. Uh, we also have come out with a couple new modules as well. Um, so the, uh, the big one from 6.5.3 was around the NSXT release. So now you have a module that allows you to directly access the APIs for NSXT uh, and start interacting, managing, and, and automating NSX within your environment. Uh, and then the big one this last go-round was 6.5.4 uh, is around VMware Cloud on AWS. You know, as, uh, as you guys were talking about before, there was a really big announcement yesterday. Uh, and, you know, the automation strategy behind, you know, even using VMware Cloud on AWS, you, know, you could still use PowerCLI with that. Uh, so it's, it's pretty impressive as far as you know, how uh, compatible PowerCLI is with all of our different offerings. Uh, so it's pretty exciting from that area. Uh, and then one of the other things that I did want to mention was that we, we updated a lot of the, uh, the ways that some of our modules call the API. Um, so, you know, as as, uh, you know, as, as things evolve, as, as features uh, are released and things of that nature, uh, 
getting access to the APIs and being able to really customize and, uh, and really uh, build upon that to, to make it better or more performant for your environments, you know, Power CLI is, is being right there alongside of that. Uh, so we've updated the modules for uh, VROps or vRealize Operations, uh, SRM, which was a really big one because that one hadn't been updated in quite a while. Uh, the vSAN API, get uh, vSAN view was another really big one. Uh, and then like things like NSXT and, and the VMC module, those are both uh, API uh, interaction based as well. All right, so I'll, I'll back up a little bit and say, okay, when we talk about setting up uh, PowerCLI for the first time, um, and you talked about how easy it is. Take us through that one more time, because I, I, I missed a little bit of what. Um, when I when I I'm new, I got my home lab set up. I want to start automating, right, and learning Power CLI for the first time. Um, what's what's significantly easier? Take us through that that loop one more time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you know, if it's the first time that you've ever used Power CLI on on your system, uh, you know, assuming it's a Windows system, open up your PowerShell session there and type in install-module, and then vmware.powercli. And uh, if you have admin rights on that system, you can hit enter. Or if you don't have admin rights on that system, you can further specify a scope for local user. And then that just means that it downloads everything and puts it in your profile, so you don't have to really worry about uh, uh, needing admin rights. And then after that, you're, go you're, you're golden. You're ready to go. You can literally start typing in commandlets, you know, like connect VI server, and PowerShell will automatically go through and start importing the modules that you're needing automatically. So you don't need to worry about importing, you know, all 18 or 19 of our modules. You know, you can let PowerShell now pick and choose the ones that, that you need uh, to make those available. So that's that's actually a really big improvement, isn't it? I mean, I, I remember getting hung up on on actually downloading and installing the uh, the PowerShell modules like manually, like to the point where the first time I tried to do it, I I just failed and then gave up. Had to come back. A oh couple, yeah. Couple. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. the 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 MSI was was nice when it worked. Uh, but you know there were some there's some issues with that, and especially if you were looking at doing an upgrade, you know. So if you already had PowerCLI installed, you know there were times where you needed to do an uninstall first before you use the MSI installer. Uh, with the PowerShell gallery, you don't have to worry about uninstalling any of the the prior modules that you downloaded uh, or obtained through the PowerShell gallery. Uh, so I, I will say that there is a caveat around that if you do have a prior uh, existing version of PowerCLI that was installed uh, by way of the MSI, you are going to want to uninstall that first uh, and then do your install module. But after, you know, after you've moved over to, to the PowerShell gallery uh, install method, I mean, you're, you're good to go from, from that point forward. You know, so for the past couple releases that we've done, I think we had one in August and October and then November. I mean, all you're having to do now is, you know, go back to your PowerShell session, type in update module, uh, vmware.powercli, and it'll grab only the modules that have changed. Now, so you're not stuck having to download, you know, a, a, you know, several hundred megabytes worth of stuff. It'll only download those ones that are that are relevant to your system. Uh, so that's another cool kind of streamlined uh, way to to improve upon. Uh, 
you know, the installation method and the update method as well. Yeah, really talking make it about a whole lot easier. Really leveraging the um, the, the native uh, module modularity of PowerCLI or PowerShell to uh, to manage those models instead of doing it outside of that system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, we're doing things the the PowerShell way. You know, this is this is where the uh, this is where the the PowerShell community is really going towards. You know, lots of things are, are being uploaded and, and put into the PowerShell gallery. Uh, and so, you know, we just thought it was time to make it easier for everybody and, and put every, everything into one central location to, to make it all easier and uh, more accessible. Very cool. And then from that point forward, the, some of those releases really started getting in and updating uh, our support for uh, our internal products, VCN, you mentioned, and then this most recent release, you said, um, was a Power CLI a preview release for VMware Cloud on AWS. Yep, absolutely. You know, so it, you know, even a while back, I think even the last time I was on here, I think at that point in time, it was still called vSphere Power CLI. You know, so. It, I just realized that I think we even went through a name change since the last time I was on. You know, so we, we got, you know, we got PowerCLI to the point where it's really not just about vSphere anymore. It's about, you know, the entire VMware portfolio. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're able to touch all kinds of things and automate all kinds of things within the, the VMware ecosystem. So we actually changed the name. And so now it's VMware PowerCLI. That was uh, that was something that I I passed right over. When I was right. doing the uh, the update since the last time I was here. I mean, that's big in and of itself. <laughs> so back back uh, back to some of the API stuff you talked about. Um, I think last time you were here, you were you were talking about the new VMware Horizon Seven Power CLI API that was uh, was available. So maybe you should take us through how how many APIs are you guys supporting now? And are these the, the, uh, a way to interact with the, the REST APIs with the, with the product? Or is it just an API that goes directly and controls the, in the, each individual product? How does that work? Ooh, so that's a, that's a good question. Um, as far as how many we have that are actually supporting the API itself, um, so you know, we have the core one, you know, your, that's your get view. That's going to cover pretty much everything that is uh, vSphere based. Uh, however, for for that usage, that's going to be going through the vSphere management APIs, or rather our SOAP APIs. Uh, we do okay. have another module that is the CIS uh, server. That is going and talking directly to our new RESTful APIs that are uh, provided without, uh, with vSphere. Then we've got the Horizon one uh, that you mentioned. We've got VROps, we have, or vRealize operations, uh, let's see, SRM was another one. And we just released NSXT about a month ago. Uh, and then a couple weeks ago, we released the VMC or VMware on VMware Cloud on AWS. Uh, so that's we're at least five. Oh, oh, and I forgot vSAN. So we also support the, uh, the vSAN APIs as well. So everything except for Get View is all RESTful based. Okay. Um, that was so, now, yeah, so GitView is, is using the SOAP. Everything else is using REST, and 
And of course, you can all get access to the API documentation for those out on VMware Code. Uh, I think it's code.vmware.com uh, slash APIs. Takes you directly to the API Explorer that's super simple on, on how to start browsing through and, and providing some samples on, on what to do to, to get started with these APIs. How much of the APIs are exposed in PowerCLI as the REST API and the, the calls of those APIs versus does PowerCLI just give you kind of a, a way to do it and then you're, you know, it's calling the APIs directly to do some of these functions? Or is it really I'm just using the APIs directly through PowerCLI? Uh, yeah, so everything that happens within PowerCLI, so like your get VM commandlets, those are going to use the API exclusively. But you know, making it get VM instead of uh, get view, uh, then view type virtual machine, you know, that's, that's a little longer. That's a little harder to really grasp and, and get started using. So it kind of abstracts the API and, and makes it easier. So everything okay. in PowerCLI is, is going to use the API uh, itself. But then, you know, you've got the other options that, uh, you know, either if speed is a preference, customization is a preference, things of that nature. So all the fulfillment is done using the APIs. Right. Cor correct. Yes, absolutely. Got it. So it's, it's kind of providing a, a programmatic and automation layer and all the, the goodness of uh, PowerShell um, with loops and, and programmatic constructs and then interacting with the infrastructure via API. So let's... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Sounds like PowerShell Gallery is, is, is the place to now start to learn what's, what's there. Can we drill down a little bit on, on what is PowerShell Gallery and what's out there? Yeah, so the PowerShell Gallery is essentially a NuGet Gallery or, you know, a software repo or repository of sorts. Um, so it's a central area that you can download things uh, programmatically um, and, and really get access to, to those kinds of things that are provided and, and uh, allowed to be out there. So the PowerShell Gallery is something that is run by Microsoft. Uh, so this isn't a, you know, a third-party thing. This isn't, you know, something that, that could be malicious uh, in nature. And pretty much anything is out there. Um, if, so example, you know, PowerCLI is that now out there. There are other vendor-related things that are also out there. Uh, I want to say Rubrik has their uh, PowerShell modules are out there as well, uh, a couple others as well. Uh, however, there's also community-driven uh, modules and scripts that are out there too. Uh, so like one example, um, Ariel Sanchez, and uh, Edgar Sanchez, they had a session here at VMworld last year, and or uh, you know a couple of months ago, I should say. And uh, as part of their session, they they covered uh, doing documentation for your environments using PowerCLI. Now, at uh, one of the big things that they were able to really show off was that they uh, they took all of their code that they were able to share through that session and make it available on on the PowerShell gallery. Uh, so, you know, you could go, you know, sit there in the session, type up, you know, install module, and then um, it was like V documentation, something, something. Uh, so, I mean, literally you could download it directly from, from that repository directly while the session was running. Uh, 
Um, some other things that are being out there. Uh, so like I mentioned, our, uh, our module that, that interacts with the VMware Cloud on AWS APIs, uh, Alan mm -hmm. Renouf and William Lamb actually released a module to kind of uh, abstract the, uh, the API calls themselves uh, to make them a little more, uh, a more, little more user friendly. And so that was actually released out there on the, uh, on the PowerShell repository today as well. I believe it's like VMware.VMC, something along those lines. Uh, so, you know, pretty much anything and everything is, is out there as far as PowerShell-related items. Uh, and then, you know, a NuGet gallery is, is uh, you know, certainly not anything that's, that's related directly to uh, PowerShell itself. So there, there are a couple other NuGet galleries that are out there. Um, you can actually run those internal as well. Uh, so, you know, if you have an environment where you want to share your scripts or your modules, you can run a private NuGet gallery and, and be able to, uh, you know, have the same interaction types uh, internally. Where do you that's download that, cool that, that app? Uh, that, so, that's... so it really depends on, on what you or uh, what your preference is. Uh, so there's uh, Microsoft actually created their own uh, private gallery. Uh, so you can download their, their code. It was open source. It's out there on GitHub. Uh, which my Bluetooth keyboard is failing me now at the moment, uh, but it's out there on their GitHub repository. You can download that. Uh, it's like four or five lines, and you can have your, your own private repository that's kind of skinned in, uh, in the PowerShell flavor. Otherwise, just you know, Google up NuGet, and there's, there's a couple variations. There's, you know, depending on you know, do you want to interact with it by Apache? Do you want to interact it with it with this other thing? Or, and uh, you know what kind of resources you want to make available through that gallery. Okay, all right, good. Um, if there, are, if uh, I don't know if there are other questions on the, the gallery. If not, I'll, I'll move on and drill down a little bit on AWS. Right. So, so you talked about the you know, what's announced, uh, and also that William and uh, Alan actually built an abstract layer to, to make it more comfortable to, to use it. Uh, what kind of functionality can you do to, you know, to deploy, configure, and, and manage your, your vSphere environments on AWS then? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so right now, the, uh, there's, there's a couple, uh, you know, the API is still in, in a tech preview format, so we're, we're still rolling out functionality and, and things all the time. Uh, however, right now, the, uh, the top level is your, uh, your cloud services platform. That's where you do your authentication. And once you're authenticated in, uh, if you're the admin of your, uh, of your, your org, uh, that's the, the terminology that's associated with the, the VMware Cloud on AWS instances, uh, you can add users, remove users, um, set up configurations like that. And then you can also move down onto where your SDDC is managed. Um, SDDC is, is essentially the, uh, uh, what we're terming the environments uh, that are rolled out that are you know, the actual vSphere environments themselves. Uh, so at that right. point, you can get information about it. Uh, so like you can list out any of the hosts that are on there. Uh, you can control adding or the removal of hosts. Um, you can, uh, yep. Get more information about your, your org, get more information about your SDDC, add and remove hosts. Um, actually announced as of yesterday, 
Uh, in very much tech preview mode are some new networking APIs as well. So now you can even start to control the NSX configuration there. Uh, one of the, the big key points that I know a lot of customers that I talk to are, are uh, requesting is handling firewall rules. So uh, that was one of the API calls that are out there that you can, you can get, create, and remove firewall rules uh, through NSX. Uh, so that's another, another cool kind of iteration that you can do there as well. That's nice. So uh, that that makes a lot of sense. Can you still? I mean, given that you have uh, you know vSphere on in the cloud and you basically have a, a data center there, um, can you use PowerCLI there just like you would normally use PowerCLI? And that these API extensions are kind of getting you at the management control layer of the AWS instances. Uh, and I would assume that you can still use PowerCLI like you would normally use PowerCLI, you know, running and controlling you know operations of vSphere. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was something that, you know, PowerCLI could do that day one, you know, because you're still just talking directly to, to a vCenter server. Uh, you right. know, so based upon the, the privilege level, there's, you know, a little bit of a nuances there. Uh, you know, since you can't put anything at the root of a cluster, you have to use uh, the resource pool, or you can't put anything at the root of the data center uh, folder-wise. You know, you have to use the, the folder that's given to you. But outside of that, you know, your script should work as is, your, your workflows, uh, any commandlets that you're, that you're used to today are going to work just like they do uh, moving forward. So, yeah, I, I mean, PowerCLI was, was one of the first things that was working and, and available through the, uh, through the VMC console. You know, there, part of it was, you know, here's your, your cloud login, your password, and this is the connection string for how you can make PowerCLI connect directly into your vCenter into your SBDC environment. Got it. That's, that's actually a really interesting clarification, Kyle, and thank you very much for that. It, it, when we announced yesterday or the day before that we are in preview for PowerCLI control of VMware Cloud and AWS, what we're really saying is, is that management layer, the, um, everything past instantiation of the environment. Um, all of the stuff that needed to be done on vCenter and vSphere, we, as you just said, was actually already available. But yes, that's, absolutely. That's important for people to understand, like you know, they it, it, when they're going to be a more cloud in AWS, they had access to all the programmatic control. You know, oh, okay, you know, here's my uh, my test environment and the script that I usually run to set all my VMs up and all the the interaction and and everything like that should still work. It was really just the the control of the uh, SDDC that is improved. Yes, yes, absolutely. You are, you are right there. Where do you get a tech preview? I mean, I, I clearly I can get 6.5.4. That sounds like a WinGA. Um, where do I go get the tech preview then? Uh, so that one's already there. It's, it's actually built into 6.5.4. So you know, if, if you have yeah. a, uh, a VMC or VMware Cloud on AWS environment that you can authenticate to, uh, then you're good to go. You, know, you can already get access to those APIs. You can already start uh, communicating and, and uh, managing it. So you're, you're all set. Am I off base then, Kyle, that uh, when I saw the, uh, the release notes, I could have sworn it said PowerCLI was in preview, not necessarily in final, final shape? 
so maybe what it might have been referring to are those networking APIs. Ah, okay. Or really yeah. just, just the APIs of, you know, overall, because all of the APIs for uh, both the, the CSP and VMC API levels, those are all, uh, all of those are in tech preview at the moment. So there, there could be a, a little bit of distinction in between the APIs that are in tech preview, but the module is released and supported. So there's, there could be a little, I may need to read that and, and kind of verify. Because I know there was, uh, there was definitely an asterisk next to the networking APIs, uh, you know, making sure that those were tech preview. Uh, I should check that and, and make sure. Okay. So Kyle, I have another question. You know, don't want you to yeah. you burn out trying to check things. So I'll just take you to a new place. So we had Michael Roy on uh, talking about Fusion um, maybe a month ago. And he, he had an interesting kind of story to tell us around some of the use cases that people are using with Fusion around um, being able to run Fusion. And Fusion now has the whole uh, vSphere kind of stack with the whole REST API embedded in it so that you can control it programmatically. And he was telling us about how people were at, I think it was Adobe or one of the big companies. I forget which one he mentioned. I don't think he mentioned the company. I said it. He think, I think he said a big company that might do photo editing. The use case was that um, they were actually then setting up Mac servers or Macs that would, would then allow people to use the REST API to spin up VMs that then ran the Mac OS right in it, right? So you could actually then have uh, OS, Mac OS X um, on demand. You know? And then it would, you know, uh, VNC over to a, a Windows client, right? So you could then just go get me a new Mac OS, which was an interesting use case given that the REST APIs were available now in vSphere in Fusion on a Mac. Um, so the long story here is, have you experienced some cool instances of people doing interesting things on PowerCLI? And if you have, do you have your top one or two that you can think of with regards to like people doing interesting things with PowerCLI? Ooh. And I thought that was kind of a cool thing when Michael Roy brought it up. Like, so in your land of tech marketing, working around the company, have you seen anything in 2017 that would make your top top 10 list or the top one or two list? I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh, but do you have any that come in mind? And we did not pre-stage this, this question and answer, so... Uh, if you don't have one, that's okay. But I was just wondering, do you get exposed to some interesting scenarios where people are actually using this to do some interesting things? Yeah, I do. Um, I get we need, we need some we need interesting... Yeah. I'll take questions and answers, We have Alex. some... <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, we have some really extremely creative and, and crafty customers and, uh, and internal folks that are doing some really crazy stuff with, uh, you know, PowerShell and our APIs as, as well as PowerCLI itself. Uh, you know, so if you would have asked me this probably, you know, seven months ago around that time, that was when uh, a lot of the, the vSAN stuff was coming out. So one of the really cool demos that I was able to give was, you know, okay, I have a couple hosts that are set up. I know their, their passwords. I have a vCenter. I could go from that point and totally build out a, a, a data center, a cluster, uh, add the host to the cluster, turn on vSAN, and start actually uh, building out uh, VMs. 
you know, all from a script. Uh, so that was extremely cool to me at that point. Uh, here in the last couple months, there have been uh, a customer in particular who is starting to build out entire environments. Like literally they have a thumb drive that has a bunch of scripts on it. They can walk over to their system, you know, a, a system that just arrived, and, uh, and plug in this thumb drive, and it'll okay. set up everything that is in that rack because they have all gone through programmatically, uh, created all these scripts and all these resources and all these rules so that, you know, if there's a, there's a SAN or a storage array that's in there, they can set that up. If there's a couple hosts that are in there, they can set that up. They know that this specific hardware type or, you know, like if this is a, a Dell R720 or 30 or, or whatever they're at at this point in time, they know that that type of system is going to be a database server. They know that an R620 or 630 is, is going to be a ESX node. Or they know that, you know, we only buy HPs for, for database servers and we only buy super micros for VMware hosts. You know, they built all that into this script and put it on a thumb drive. And, I mean, it's, it's amazing that, uh, that, you know, we see customers who are doing stuff like that. They are getting it to the point where, you know, literally it's almost zero touch. Uh, as far as they're they're concerned, you know, and they're building out entire environments. It's it's fantastic. So I think that's awesome. probably one of the uh, one of the most creative and and resourceful ways that that I've seen some of our customers use PowerCLI. And I, I think that's absolutely terrific from from you know nothing to you know an entire environment. I think one of the yeah that that's really amazing, and it it just goes to show you I. I think one of the cooler use cases I heard about just a couple months ago, in my mind, I thought it was a couple months ago, was using PowerCLI to, to migrate from uh, virtual standard switches to virtual distributed switches. And I was like, yeah, when did I see that? I think it was a couple months ago. And I, I went back and looked at his William Lomp's blog post in 2013, <laughs> right? And the, so, so that was the state of the art, you know, four years ago. You know, ooh, look what cool things we can do. And to go from that to build out an entire uh, environment in PowerCLI is, uh, is just amazing. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Hey, Kyle, I've got a question. Uh, are there any labs out there that, uh, that anyone can use um, that kind of takes them to, from beginner to advanced features of PowerCLI? Ooh, yeah. Good question. Like a, Definitely. Like hands-on yeah. 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 So uh, a lot of work has been put into the hands-on lab the last couple of years to, to make these uh, to make those labs a whole lot more accessible and usable, especially on the PowerCLI front. Uh, so I think this year was maybe, can't remember if it was last year or this year, uh, but essentially every single HOL that's out there, every single desktop that you ever log into are going to have PowerCLI on it. So that means that even if you don't take one of the labs that is specifically uh, you know, pointed or, or uh, designated to be a PowerCLI lab, you can you know, set up and, you know, get going to PowerCLI session and start working through the lab for that as well. Um, now, I do know that vSAN uh, included uh, some, a, uh, a PowerCLI module as part of their uh, HOL. There was also a PowerCLI-specific uh, lab that was built out as well. Uh, and I want to say that uh, I think it was VROps also did also did uh, a module or a section within a module 
uh, in their lab as well. Uh, and then obviously this year we're now going to start working on the uh, on the VMware Cloud and, and the NSX e-folks to, to get that included in, in their HOLs. That'd be great. Yeah, thank you. I can see an entire uh, there. There's somebody's career right there. Right uh, here's here's a, an idea for a blog if you want to write one. Uh, somebody out there is uh, the shadow hands-on labs. Things you can do in hands-on labs. You know, for example, Power CLI, uh, cool stuff in Power CLI that you can do on every single hands-on lab that's not published. Right. It's, it's not the point of the lab, but it's built and it's installed. And here's a cool thing that you can do with it. Until it's turned into an actual module. <laughs> kind of like a little <laughs> black magic running in the labs right, right now. All right, I got a question from the chat. They say you're going to love this one. So here we go. Hey, Kyle, when will vSphere replication have Power CLI coverage? Ooh. Well, so that's an interesting one. Um, and uh, thank you, Dan, for, for bringing that up. That uh, <laughs> I, I was actually prepared for that, and I... I uh, uh, that is that has always been a kind of a hot topic. Uh, so, vSphere replication is kind of interesting in the fact that it is uh, it, it doesn't actually have an, a public API. So that kind of limits the Power CLI side of the house when it comes to creating a module for it. Uh, so that is something that I have been talking to the product manager about. Uh, actually, I'm due for an update on that. I believe it's Friday. So I'm supposed to reach out to the product manager again on December 1st uh, to see what the status of that is. So then at that point, we can, uh, we can kind of figure out and put a timeline around when, uh, when something can be available. However, since that is not something that we have today, uh, that brings me to our, our feature request site. So this is something that's really cool that, uh, so PowerCLI has a, at this point in time, newish uh, product manager uh, who's Jake Robinson. So one of the first things that Jake did uh, was you know, get PowerCLI into the PowerShell gallery. And then after that, the next thing was set up this feature request site. Uh, so this is a site. It's public. It's available and open to anybody. They can go out. They can put in uh, any kind of idea or functionality or issue that they're having. And you know, that's going to be something that's seen by, by myself, by Jake, uh, by the PowerCLI development team, uh, all the dev guys and gals, I should say. Uh, and so then you know, they can pretty much figure out, you know, is this something that's doable? Can we make this happen? Uh, so it's very cool from that aspect. I'm actually going to put it into the uh, chat here on TalkShoe. Uh, we'll read it out. Or, uh, or for those who don't have access to the TalkShoe area, it's uh, – Let's see, it's vmw.re slash PowerCLI. That's the, the short URL. Uh, but, uh, nice. but anyway, yeah. so people can go out there and add in their ID. PowerCLI, got it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so we, that, we, we have the, we've had history in that. So he's new, right? So he's, he's um, Jake is, is, is relatively new. How, how long has he been with VMware? Uh, so Jake is is new to the to the business unit, but he's been around VMware for quite a while. He uh, he's okay. been around for uh, I think he's four and a half years now, something like that. He was he's been around long enough that he just got his cubes, you know the the cool uh, four year 
or your uh, period well, gift. If if he figures out how to make that work, we're going to have to loop back with him because the problem that I've always had with uh, running the tell us the feature you want is that you get um, about 280 features in the course of two months, right? And then you go back to engineering and you say, hey, you know, we also had a voting app where you could vote them up and down so you could see which ones had the most votes. But the trick with that is uh, how do you get your, your engineers to figure out how to respond to those given that they also have another 300 features they also want to do and <laughs> that competitive has another set of features right. and, and uh, we, we quickly get into maybe we can do one or two of the community-related features and the other 100 ones that the community people have voted on, they don't uh, they never get to, and then everybody's angry. Yeah, I do see in the in the site here, Cal. Maybe you can confirm this. Um, going through the list, I see uh, you know trending uh, ideas, and then in one of them down here, I see official NSX V module. It says planned. That's marked mm-hmm. as planned. I assume that that idea was taken into account, and that's planned for a new release. Yes, yes, definitely. So that's that's one of the other things that, that Jake has been trying to, to do a little more of here lately, and that's be uh, more communicative uh, with the community. You know, because PowerCLI is is in one of those unique areas where you know e- even if it's even if there's not something that's out there and available today, there's a really good community for it, and they're quite possibly could be somebody that's out there who's either already written something or, uh, or, or, you know, have run into that issue and created a script or a workaround or something like that. Uh, so, you know, we, we've got both, both sides of the, of the ball there going, uh, but we really want to make sure that we're transparent. Uh, so, you know, that's one of the ways that, that Jake is being able to be transparent with our, uh, our users to, to basically be like, you know, hey, this is something that, that the community really cares about. You know, I think that one is the one that has like 46 or 40-some or votes on it. You know, so clearly it's very important to the community. Uh, so that also is, you know, goes back to the job of the product manager and, and the development manager. You know, that's, that's their duties to go through and look at the, the popularity or, you know, desirability of some of these ideas or features uh, to, to really, you know, make sure that we're getting to our, our customers and our consumers what they need and what they want, you know, because, you know, if you're, uh, if you're working on something but, you know, nobody's going to use it, you know, we're going to deprecate it. And we actually did deprecate something earlier this year. We were able to get rid of a whole module because it, it seemed like nobody was using it. And who... Uh, yeah, to date, I don't think anybody has has actually gone out and been like, "Hey, I used that." Of course, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is, but you know, uh, that'll be a, a nice little one of you know, if somebody does go out and figure out what we deprecated, I mean, you could cheat. There are deprecation notices, but you know, if you actually used it, let me know because I I may have uh, something cool as a giveaway or or you know, Ooh. I can drop ship you uh, some posters or some stickers or something. There we go. Yep. Uh, to, circle egg, yeah. <laughs> to circle back on the replication point, you, uh, I think just to clarify, what you were saying was uh, Power CLI depends on a public API. So if there's no public API for the feature, then it's you know in order for a Power CLI module to be there, you would have to use a, a, a private API. Which I, I think it, it sounds like what you're saying is there's a, been a philosophical decision to not develop against private APIs? Correct, yeah, avoiding it as much as possible. 
mean, there's, there's the there's the level of you know getting users what they want and what they need uh, versus you know doing things that could be the improper or, or you know unreliable way. Right. Right. And so you know if if it's a public API, we know uh, you know throughout the years of all of the vSphere APIs that have been out, you know for the most part those do not change. You know, if you go through some of our API guides, I mean, there's stuff that have been there for years, even decades. And, you know, at most, if anything has changed about them, things have been added to them. Uh, whereas if it's a private API, that's something that could change, you know, <laughs> it could change on the day. Uh, so, you know, that's always some, some, one of those things to, to really take into account is that if we, if we spend a lot of time and create a module, and it's against a private API, then, you know, things could change, things could, uh, uh, you know, and that would provide a bad user experience. And that's, uh, that's definitely something that we're trying to avoid. All right, we have five more minutes. I have one other topic I want to get to just because I want to. So um, I'm going to jump to that if you don't mind, <laughs> which is um, Pivotal, Puppet, Chef, Jenkins, all the, the DevOps tools. Uh, are you guys doing uh, in, any integrations with any of those guys? Um, uh, how do we see PowerCLI and PowerShell moving forward with regard to you know, all the DevOps kind of stuff that's happening uh, across the industry? What's your thoughts there? Are they um, just so, uh, so there's a couple of different ways to look at that. Uh, so there are a lot of DevOps tools that are out there, and um, you know, since PowerCLI is, is really built on PowerShell, the one that comes up the most is uh, the PowerShell um, uh, des Desired State Configuration, or DSC. Um, that's something that a community member uh, or uh, one of the VMTN Warrior, Community Warrior um, recipients, Luke Deacons, he, uh, he created the DSC module uh, a couple years ago, actually, and uh, so that's kind of where PowerCLI fits into that. Uh, outside of that, there's been a lot of um, interaction with, uh, say, Chef was the one that was featured at VMworld uh, right. you know, a couple months ago, where they're actually using the RESTful APIs or the vSphere Automation APIs uh, to really do a lot of their work there. Uh, so we're seeing a lot, of, um, a lot of usage on the REST API side from the, the chefs and the ansibles and, and the puppets. Uh, and you know, not too much where they're going through and interacting directly with PowerCLI. Uh, so if there's anybody who's listening to this that is doing work with, uh, with any kind of config management tools and they're doing it with PowerCLI, you know, please let me know. I, I would love to find out, uh, out what's going on and, and kind of find out the use cases and, and what we can do to make that easier. Uh, and of course, you know, if you're if you're doing that with our uh, our RESTful APIs today, I want to know the same because uh, that's another area that I cover. That's that's another area that I'm starting to uh, uh, to get ramped up in because I, I think that there's a uh, there's a big need. There's a you know that that uh, it's definitely okay, something that's desired. Yeah, that that sounds like a session. I mean, yeah. if you're doing that, that sounds like a VMworld session right yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. Well, and, and if anybody's doing it, that'd be interesting to know. And uh, I, I, I look at all of the, the DevOps tools, and it's really just abstracting out the programming that you would normally do in the PowerShell or right. in the shell 
uh, the if then while all that and all the exceptions and so forth and putting it in config file and then you know what I manage is the config file right uh, that's what Puppet and Chef do they just manage config files as opposed to having to write code so it abstracts out the, right. the logic of code right and just puts it in config file and then your config file managing as opposed to code managing essentially it does the same thing and so there's there's almost a piece of me that wants to say I want to build a you know an open source GUI that sits on top of Power PowerShell that, that that abstracts out certain PowerShell modules and functionality into config files that then some kind of open source HTML thing can manage. Then that's what that's what basically the DevOps tools really do, right? Um, it's a very declarative state, right? Yeah. This is the state yeah. I want it to be, and then the tool goes and, right. and forces it into that state. And it sounds like, uh, Kyle, what you're saying is that there is there is something that's built on uh, PowerShell that does that. And, and I'm sorry, I missed what, what the name of it was, DSC? Yep, exactly. Desired state configuration. Desired state configuration, got it. Okay, very interesting. Nice. I'm taking notes. Hey, so Kyle, so I know we're, uh, we've only got two minutes left here. So how, how do people find, uh, find you on Twitter, and, uh, and then what is your blog? Yep. So uh, Twitter is probably the uh, the best way to reach out to me. Uh, I think if if anything, I probably respond to tweets and DMs faster than I do emails. Uh, and so on Twitter, you can find me. It's at kmruddy or at kmruddy. Uh, and then outside of uh, you know the VMware blogs, you know, I'm I'm doing a lot of stuff there for the Power CLI blog, VMware Code. Uh, the, the VMware Cloud on AWS blog, I'm kind of all over the place on those. Uh, but then I also have my private blog, and that one is thatcouldbeaproblem.com. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I, I see you all over the place. Uh, I was list, actually listening to a, um, uh, to a, to a session you were doing um, with, with Brownbag this morning. And so if you just Google Kyle already, just, you're all over the place doing all kinds of interesting things. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, you know, Huge community advocate, you know, so, you know, the, the community made me what I am today, and, and I'm just trying to do my part to, to give back and, and help out everybody else. Excellent. Right. Awesome. Right. Well, fantastic. Uh, Kyle, thanks for being on the show, as always. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll get you back on uh, at some point to hear, hear what's new. So thanks for, thanks for coming and joining us. Uh, uh, Corey, uh, John, thanks for also being here. Thanks to Julia Klaus, who is doing the live stream. So I appreciate that. She's off camera, but uh, you can see her. And uh, Katie Bradley and the crew are also out there doing some VMTN work this week. So we'll just do a shout out to them. And I guess we're back next week. I think next week is the 6.5 reasons to upgrade to 6.5. At least that's what I've been told. I so, believe so as well. That's right. So catchy, we'll, catchy yeah, title. Yeah, we will be back again next week. Uh, until then, have a great week and an even better weekend, and we'll see you again next week. Kind of hit the big red stop button now. <laughs>